0: Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben, and I'm Bruce, and this is your podcast for October thirteenth, twenty nineteen, proper twenty three. Uh, so uh, we're getting right into it. Uh, uh, for those of you who uh, joined us this past Sunday uh, for pet blessing, that was a lot of fun.
1: It was a blast. Um, uh,
0: the uh, mostly dogs. Uh, uh, dogs are do- dogs are. I think a little bit more lean. They lean well towards. Uh, Towards a pet blessing Sunday, yeah. uh, they love the water, they love the commotion. Yep, we the did, attention
1: did have one cat carrier full of one cat that, yeah,
0: wanted no, nothing of it.
1: <laughs> I will say that, but <laughs> I don't think its soul was saved.
0: <laughs> wow, calling out the cat! <laughs> All right, I mean, any, and I'm a cat owner, so I, I get it.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I get it. I'm not going to dispute it. <laughs> the water sizzled before it could touch the cat. Uh, um, the implication being that, that cats are of the devil. Um, but I love my cat of the devil. um, <laughs> But yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. uh, the clouds parted in just enough time to let most of the dogs in without getting rained on, which was good. So we didn't have that the, the the wet dog smell. But yeah. that
1: would need to use incense.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some some heavy holy spirit in there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. So if you missed that, uh, apologies. Maybe. Wait next year <laughs> yeah next year uh, who knows maybe we'll throw one in uh, somewhere in between because uh, like I said that was a lot of fun it was yeah. a lot of, energy was high that was a that was that was a good uh, good experience so let me move on to uh, stump the priest and uh, uh, today I'm going to go with the word filioque.
1: oh okay
0: which I, I figure you might have yeah. some insight on but it's an interesting concept one we don't really delve into. Uh, terribly much. Or at least when they say the word, that should probably draw a blank for 99% of people. right? right. Um, It's
1: definitely lingo. Yeah. Um, And it... it, I hope I'm right. It refers to... Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Try again. It refers to, in the Western church, the adding to the Nicene Creed who Jesus proceeded from. In the original formulation of the Nicene Creed, it stated that Jesus proceeded from the Father. And I forget what date it was that in the West, the, um, they decided that was dissing the Holy Spirit, and so it needed to be shifted to, to that Jesus proceeded from the Father and the Holy Spirit. In the Eastern Church, the Orthodox Churches, Russian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, etc., etc., uh, the, the, the Eastern and Western Churches had split, and they never added the filioque Clause and kind of looked down on those of us in the Western Church for having done so. And so that's an obstacle between us and the Eastern Churches in some of our ecumenical discussions about um, how closely we should be cooperating and sharing worship together, and things like that. Mm-hmm. In the Episcopal Church, there have been at least a couple of resolutions at our General Convention to make it optional mm-hmm. to, in order to facilitate um, worship with Orthodox oh. churches. And I have to admit, I forget if those passed or not.
0: Uh, way off. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, almost, almost precisely uh, correct. Uh, you covered. Just about everything that they put in this definition on the website. Um, uh, but yes, it's it's Latin for uh, "and the Son," mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they were. Oh no, I reversed it. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. That. <laughs> no. <laughs> that
1: it's the Holy Spirit proceed comes from the Father. Yes. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, I reversed. I, that it. was the part
0: I was getting. Yeah. yeah
1: that that's yes. Yeah, so it's actually. The Holy Spirit coming from the Father and the Son versus
0: just from the Father as the Eastern Church has it. So right.
1: rewind your podcast, erase <laughs> that from your brain, and let's go forward. <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah, you couldn't remember the date, but they even they throw that in here, yeah. of course, because it's the Episcopal Dictionary website. Uh, the words were added to the Nicene Creed at, uh, Creed at the Council of Toledo in 589 <sighs> and gradually grew in acceptance in the West. Uh, the Philio K. Uh, states that the Holy Spirit proceeds not only from the Father, but from the Father and the Son. Eastern Orthodox churches condemn the addition as contrary to the admonition of the Council of Chaldean in 451 and that no change be made in the faith expressed in the Nicene Creed. Disagreement uh, has been a major cause of conflict between the Eastern and Western churches. The Lambeth Conference of 1988 recommended that the phrase be dropped from the Nicene Creed in Anglican churches, and the 1994 General Convention of the Episcopal Church resolved to delete the Filioque from the Nicene Creed in the next edition of the prayer book.
1: Okay, so that was a part I really wasn't sure of. Yep. Um, And I'm trying to think if... I have to admit, I have not gone to an Episcopal Church yet that has dropped it. And Uh, we haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we haven't. Um, so it's one of those things where...
0: But we also don't have a new prayer book.
1: Well, yeah, the Episcopal Church hasn't formed a new prayer book, but it's one of those things that in the 80s and um, early 90s, there was a lot more energy around what we call ecumenical movements. of trying to bring different branches of Christianity closer together interfaith is with other religions. Uh, and a lot of that energy has died off, mm-hmm. um, hasn't been lit up in the new generations of Episcopalians. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, um, if, if that remains an option even.
0: Yeah. 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 It's going to, it's kind of odd that, uh, so a resolution has been passed and okay, all right, the next prayer book we do, we'll drop it. And 25 years have passed.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we still, and we don't have a new prayer book and. Uh, there, there is a committee working on one, though.
0: Okay. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Well, and, if, and uh, it's an Episcopalian committee? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, but we'll then, never get a new one.
1: <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> the, usually the only group in the Episcopal Church that actually functions on deadline is the liturgical liturgical committees, because <laughs> Episcopalians love liturgy. Oh. Um so anyway, we, yeah, that we I, could go I, off I and take it back. That's forever. not fair.
0: Sorry, Episcopal ch- uh, 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 committees. Uh, uh, apologies. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, let's move on then to uh, uh, Second Kings, uh, chapter five, verse one through three, and then seven through fifteen. C. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. Uh, The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. Now the Arameans, uh, on one of their raids, had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, said, Am I God to give death or life that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Just look and see how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me that he may learn that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became angry, and went away, saying, oh, I thought that for me he would surely come out, and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, and would wave his hand over the spot, and cure the leprosy. Are not Abana Farper? Oh, man. Come on. (laughs) Just roll with it. Come on. Uh, The rivers of Damascus be better than all the waters of Israel. Could I not wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in rage. But his servants approached and said to him, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was wash and be clean? So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. Then he returned to the man of God, and he and all his company he came and stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Uh, so, Second uh, Kings, the book of First uh, Kings and Second Kings are. are I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Kind of like a chronicling of the kings of Israel. These are kind of like more. Yeah,
1: that's the setting.
0: A lot of them have historical backgrounds. Uh, there's there's stories like this that are you know that that discuss uh, matters of faith or healing or uh, miraculous signs and wonders. And, and, and in fact, in, in some ways, it's hard to really separate the two uh, from historical context because I, th- I feel like a lot of historical writings from from Israel have a little bit of supernatural influence in in a lot of their stories, regardless of how historically accurate they are. Um, And that's the, that's the reason that
1: they're written down in the Bible. I mean, that despite with our modern minds, we think, okay, Chronicles and Kings, those are the history books. So that's their purpose. Mm -hmm. But in fact, the reason that they have history within them or, um, occurrences, events, is to make theological points. They aren't to tra- The purpose of them is not to transmit a literal history of the people of Israel, but instead to transmit great theological truths. And if the history exactly as it happened served that purpose, it would be recorded exactly. If it didn't, it would be modified till it made those points. Mm-hmm. So that's why we don't think, as Episcopalians, that these are Uh, word-for-word, event-for-event, historically accurate, but we do think they're full of divine truth because of the theology within them.
0: Gotcha. Uh, Now, as far as, like, so last week's reading uh, involved uh, Habakkuk and... Mm uh, he was kind of railing against the king of, of Israel at the time. I'm assuming that somewhere in the period of this, – this is somewhat uh, in, near that same period of time. I think it's a
1: little before, a little, this is, but I haven't compared a little it bit to, before. to, say, for sure. Uh,
0: now I'm kind of curious. But it is the era of kings. Gotcha. And we, we do skip uh, chapters 4, 5, and 6. Uh, how do Verses. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Versus not chapters. Uh, and how does the mistress, who is the young girl captive, how does the, the what she says to her mistress then get to the king of Israel? Is that, like, important? Or is that why we kind of just skip yada, yada, yada?
1: I think it's yada, 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 because...
0: Like just, a letter's written and sent to the king and say it, something like, hey, how do we get a hold of this guy?
1: Yeah, I think it's just for brevity. Which is too bad, because it then writes out, but then once again, the interpretation of scripture um, includes the eliminating of women of women characters. Right.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, so um, yeah,
1: do do open your Bible and find this and read it for yourself so that you can see how crucial women were to this story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Often. Often types. Uh, often, uh, it's, they're the 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 linchpin. To to the story. They're, 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 action pivots on which everything swings. Yeah, absolutely. So Naaman is a commander in the Aramean army and long story short, word gets to the king of Israel. And, uh, uh, as we cut out all the women in the story and, um, and basically the king of Israel realizes like, okay, so now I'm in this position where they help him or we start, you know, I, I I insult (laughs) him and maybe we go to war. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they go to Elisha who is Elisha, not Elijah. Right. Um, so
1: the disciple of an inheritor of the spirit of Elijah,
0: Elijah. Right. Um, and all he does is say, go wash yourself. But, uh, so, so Naaman is slighted on two fronts here as far as I can tell. Right. Uh One is he didn't even bother to meet with me. Right. I'm kind of an important guy. Yeah. What, what's, what, where, what, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two, he tells him to wash in the Jordan. And the reason why he's insulted, uh, to go wash himself in the Jordan is that's kind of where all the tributaries flow into. Right. So like any sort of waste or byproduct or <laughs> like, it, it, I his, hadn't thought of that. cause, cause he literally mentions two of the tributaries and says like, why didn't he tell me to go wash in one of the more clean rivers? This is like, that one's kind of,
1: yeah, that one's yeah. kind of
0: dirty. Yeah. <laughs> why why am i why am i washing in the drain (laughs) right yeah 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 exactly um and um and uh so his his people basically like point out like dude why are you getting mad about this like you're asking for a miracle and weren't you like prepared? Like if you would have come out and commanded on high that you go do something, you know, climb the highest peak and seek the elderberry of truth and bring it back and slay the dragon. Like you would have been ready to do that. And all he's doing is saying, go wash yourself, dude. Like go waiting. Why don't you go do it? Um, And uh, he does. And he's, he's, uh, he's made, he's made clean. Yeah. And interesting
1: thing here is that, the At the time, the commercialized healers mm-hmm. would have lots of fancy rituals and rigmarole to um, signify how important they were as healers and to help people feel like they really got something for their money. Cause gotcha. It was, again, it was there would have been a
0: production number. Uh, there would have been a production uh, yeah.
1: number that the... Smoke bomb. Yeah. <laughs> That the commander would have experienced. Yeah, and so to not even meet the guy, that was, um, first of all, like, wait a minute, the way these things work is lots of special effects. Don't even get to meet the guy. Right. The other thing is that he may have um, had a sense that the process as described made it on him whether or not the healing worked. And therefore let the, the country of Israel off the hook.
0: Gotcha. Oh, and, that's an
1: interesting... And that, yeah. you know, it was, it was this thing that was so offensive he was asked to do that there's no way he would do it and therefore there wouldn't be any possibility of war. Gotcha. Um, so, that's that's interesting, that's yeah, interesting that, point. Yeah, yeah. so it was the, the geopolitics of the time entered into this. Um, but of course, what the big chunk of the theological dimension is, was the power of the one true god right that don't need special effects don't need smoke bombs right just yeah go waiting and god can do whatever god chooses to do and what do you know you get healed
0: yeah how uh, how how confident are we as to the accuracy of the story not very <laughs> <laughs> i was just going to ask is there is there an element of uh of of, uh, it has
1: a lot of the vocabulary of legendary tales, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and
0: so because obviously the book, the book of First and Second Kings, are written for the people of Israel, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. so so like this is the, the, there. There's a lo- there's at least a little bit of this story to you know remind the people of Israel. This is how great your God is. You're Even right. the Aramean army commander uh, was was healed by our God, yeah. uh, and. And it was
1: the, it's part of the evolution of the theological concept of there being just one true God. That, as we've talked about before on the podcast, this comes out of an era of every country having its own gods who were in charge of that territory. So Mm -hmm. whatever territory you went to, you worship those gods. And Israel had this concept instead of, no, there's one God. There's Mm -hmm. the one true God who has dominion over the entire world. And the rest of you guys... Are worshiping false gods, right? So this is a, a part of the um, teaching along mm-hmm. those lines, setting the groundwork for that.
0: And one of the one of the foundational uh, supports to yeah. well, I shouldn't say foundational. That doesn't make sound. It makes it sound like this story is a pivotal, you know, load bearing yeah, pillar on the. <laughs> but but it's it's part of that that base. That yeah. that that here are a bunch of stories that kind of support our our uh our position that god was not a regional our god's not a regional god right. he's a universal god and, yeah functions and in Syria here's a, successfully here's a serious person who would be potentially known in history in their history books of like okay this you know obviously mm-hmm. we knew the Aramans and here's their commander and even he recognized that yeah we were we're on the right path on this like we we he realized what we know to be true
1: yeah and to maybe put it in context for christians this is sort of like a prodigal son story mm. where christians easily remember that one because it, it has various uh, drama within it, it is mm. you know jesus says this is a fictional story this is something i've made up but it Demonstrates the point. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a similar type of story where there's all sorts of action, there are different characters. And right. Again, for the lectionary, it's abbreviated, but if you read the entire passage, it is kind of exciting and interesting and yeah. easy to picture being told around a campfire or um, a children's sermon, even.
0: Yes. And yeah.
1: people going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it's a wonderful teaching tool. Yeah, and has been for centuries.
0: Yeah, the 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 verbal uh, the the verbal history of a lot of these stories, uh, you can kind of tell mm-hmm. that this is one of those those types of tales. That, yeah, that, that, that easily transmitted through the oral tradition, right? And,
1: and preserved accurately.
0: Very good. Well, let's move on to Second Timothy. Yes, uh, chapter two, verse eight through fifteen. <clears throat> and that reads, Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David, that is my gospel, for which I, have suffered hardsh- I suffer hardship, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, so that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is sure. If we have died with him, we also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, faithless he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of this and warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over their words, over words, which does no good but only ruins those who are listening. Do your best to present yourself in, to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightfully explaining the word of truth. Uh, so as we discussed last week, Second Timothy may or may not be actual writings of the uh, of Paul.
1: Right. More likely uh, than First Timothy.
0: Right. More likely than First Timothy. Definitely does read a lot more like Paul. Right. Uh, uh, which helps kind of uh, uh, promote that that idea. Um, and uh, if it were writings for Paul, this is it, probably some of his prison writings. Uh, right. Uh he uses a lot of uh, imprisonment terms and, mm-hmm. and references uh, being imprisoned and suffering and, and, uh, um, what from here though, <clears throat> this definitely is, it continues the, the, um, mentality of, of this is an uplifting book. Yes, We're in this together. A book of Encouragement. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, uh, we're in this together, um, uh, uh through, th- Thick and thin, and uh, and and, but uh, is there anything that jumps out to you from this passage that is like, oh, this, yeah, you know, this this usually flies over people's head, or this is kind of the point that the that that he's trying to make to Timothy, or
1: well, I don't know about flying over people's heads, but if it's not read in a semi-dramatic way, which often it's not. Uh, it's important to note that verses 11 through 13 are a, a hymn fragment or a poetry f-
0: okay. fragment.
1: That, And, and Paul kind of makes this clear when verse 11 begins with, the saying is sure. Right. And then it goes on to say, here's the quote. Yeah. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. And then verse 14 begins to remind them of this. Mm -hmm. So this really is, uh, like I say, a a hymn or poetry piece that people would have been familiar with, something that they were familiar with from their own churches, from their own experiences of Christian worship. Um, So it's sort of like a modern preacher perhaps quoting Amazing Grace or Mm. another hymn that everyone has at least knows one verse of it. Right. And so Paul... Uh, is very, again, yet another time where it's an easy teaching tool mm-hmm. to remind people of something they already have memorized to hold on to that as part of their encouragement.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Um. Well, I thought I had something else that I was going to ask, and now it's escaping me. Um. I do. I, I do like where it it points out. Uh, and and it kind of does touch on something that that still resonates well for uh, uh, for us today. Uh, do your do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by Him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. Rightly explaining the word of truth, I feel like a lot of times, um, especially in in this modern society, this this uh, I wouldn't say anti religious uh, society, but it's not as it's not as prominent as it was in in. Many years past, yeah. uh, that sometimes there's a there's there's a little bit of, uh, of of shame, and 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 we try to avoid discussing yeah. some of this with uh, with with people. Well,
1: and and part of that is within the United States and internationally, but I'll just keep it to the United States. There are so many different types of Christianity, right? That I have I've known a number of people who don't describe themselves as Christian, instead describe themselves as Episcopalian because they don't want to be painted with the same brush as a very conservative Christian might be painted with. Sure. That they don't want a stranger or just an acquaintance someone who doesn't know them well think, oh, okay, so you're automatically politically and socially conservative if you're you're a Christian. Right. Uh, So there is, within our culture, a lot of conflict, even with what it means to be a Christian, that Mm -hmm. um, there are many evangelical Christians who will not consider an Episcopalian to be Christians because we often have experienced infant baptism instead of adult baptism. Right. Uh, And the list goes from there. Uh, So, yeah, there are a lot of people who are Episcopalian, they're a little embarrassed to say they're Christians if they're... In a social setting where people are complaining about what's the latest thing that um, Falwell at Liberty University has declared, right? And you know, the the person standing there as a Christian may not be comfortable saying, "Well, that's not how all Christians feel." Or, "Sure, I'm a Christian, and I think he's really off base with that."
0: Right? Uh, and I think I think uh, inversely also the the you know if you find yourself to You know, if you find those yourself in a situation where like that resonates with you, though, like, yeah, I am that conservative Christian. Mm -hmm. This is also a verse. Like, don't don't be ashamed of who you are and what you think, and you know, this is if if you are uh, if you are actually presenting yourself as one of God's own, if you're if you are honest in that journey, then you shouldn't be ashamed of right you know having a conservative mind or a liberal mind or a you yeah. know that's if you're doing it with god in mind first then then there should be no shame involved in it whatsoever
1: right and part of the um even polity but philosophy of the episcopal church is that it takes lots of different perspectives people with lots of different perspectives in conversation to figure out what it is the Holy Spirit is leading us to do. Sure. That we're not supposed to sit in an echo chamber of our own opinions with people like-minded because God doesn't have room to work in there.
0: Exactly. Well, and, and you know, uh, not to, that's a terrible phrase to say. I was going to say God aside. That's a, <laughs> not a terrible phrase. Not possible. But, uh, <laughs> you know, even even without that being the center of your, your focus, I mean, the, the you know, it you don't function well if, all you, all you surround yourself is with a conservative or, yeah. or a liberal, liberal opinion. It's just like there's that's. It becomes kind of a runaway, yeah. uh, and and doesn't function well. You need a you need somebody from different backgrounds and different points of view and different thought processes than you in order to have a well-rounded approach.
1: Mm-hmm. Otherwise,
0: you have a singular. Well, let me let me give you a non-religious
1: example. I remember. Mm-hmm. When I was in junior high, I sat behind um, a girl named Julie, and she was a diehard Dodger fan. And at that point... Clearly
0: wrong. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, yes, that you, you threw me the transition quite nicely. I was a diehard San Francisco Giants fan. Sure. So, yes, I thought she was completely wrong, uh, but... As And so at first it was just back, you know, sort of like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. But we sat behind each other for two years mm. and in one class. And eventually we started to really talk baseball rather than your team stinks. No, your team stinks. Right. And so it was – it forced me to think more and more about what is the Giants' philosophy in developing their team structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's likewise – had to look at the Dodgers. How did they develop?
0: Right. And then
1: we could talk back and forth of saying, "Well, our starting, you know, our team's starting pitching is better. Well, our team's bullpen's better." And you know, made me think, "Well, why aren't the Giants developing a better bullpen? Right? Um, why is why are the Giants focused on power and the Dodgers on speed in their offense?" Okay, now I realize it's turning into a, a baseball
0: trivia no, but that's, thing. That's a but,
1: it made me really think about the Giants in a, in a more dispassionate way and made me appreciate them more. Yeah, sure. I could, I could watch a game on TV or in person with a different appreciation for how they were put together as a team. And right. What were the expectations of how they would perform in a game? And when the Dodgers played them, which was fairly often, watching the two philosophies play out on a baseball field was much more interesting. Than it had been before I got those sure. conversations.
0: It also probably uh, brought to light a little bit easier uh, um, um, recognizing times where, oh, that didn't really work, right? What yeah, my team and, did. And being able, to, <laughs> and, yeah, they're time, not infallible. They're like that.
1: Well, and particularly during that era, the Dodgers start, were starting to make the playoffs regularly, and the Giants were the opposite. And so, yeah, I could think, why aren't the Giants doing more of this development work that the Dodgers are doing. And yeah. so I could, I really could appreciate the Dodgers more.
0: This was a 1960s baseball talk. Right. With ben and Bruce, technically <laughs> early seventies, but yeah, early seventies. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not that. Sorry. Old. To the, sorry for the slight. I apologize. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that's a, a great example because it's, it's uh, that really develops, uh, that helps develop if done right, the love for baseball, yeah, which is the proper focus, right? Exactly, and not blind blind devotion to one set subset of baseball.
1: And actually, one nice thing that years later, when I started dating the woman who was going to become my wife, Kathy, um, she was a Dodger fan.
0: And um, so I was
1: prepared to walk. The, see, the, so
0: there's God working His way back into the story of, like, no, no, no. This is also for later.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> we'll come full circle. Right, we'll bring it back. Way to, you. to bring us back. Thank <laughs> you, <Ben. laughs> oh, all right. Well, now that we're back on path, uh, how about Luke uh, will be our gospel reading? Shocker, <laughs> uh, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. he prostrated himself at Jesus feet and thanked him and he was a samaritan then jesus asked were not 10 made clean but the other 9 where are they was none of them found to, was none of them found to return and praise god praise to god except this foreigner then he said to him get up and go on your way your faith has made you well um so this is a I'm trying to remember Similar stories like this exist in many of the gospels. I'm trying to remember if this exact version is elsewhere.
1: I don't think it is, but I'm not absolutely positive. Okay,
0: because we there 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 are there are plenty of gospel readings regarding healing. Oh yeah, uh, and sometimes the point is, uh, uh, you know, Jesus turns to the one that's healed and is like, "Shh, don't tell." Yeah. and then and then other times that like in this in this example the story isn't so much like um, um, try to keep this a secret which is kind of like a fun little uh, thing that Jesus did to people every now and again like oh don't don't mostly
1: so, in the Gospel of Mark
0: mostly yeah. in the Gospel of Mark yeah which I always thought was just kind of like a how could you possibly be quiet about this right <laughs> like, <laughs> good um, luck
1: yeah
0: but uh, but but in this case it's it's more and maybe this is a. Uh, this is as a result of what I think you had, I don't know if you said this on the podcast before, but I know you said it to me before, uh, that Luke was a little bit more of a forward-facing gospel in that like this was more distributed throughout the Roman region. Right. So this is, this is a story that can kind of connect uh, a lot more with a good portion of the audience of the gospel of Luke because it's not one of um, Israel's own. Yeah, Uh, that's the center focus of the story. It's a Samaritan. Mm -hmm. It's one of them, and uh, this is talking about how great of faith that the Samaritan uh, has, and um, implied the uh, uh, the the other nine members of Israel didn't. I don't think it's even
1: just implied. It's pretty explicit. It's (laughs) It's
0: verse eighteen. it he does chastise the other <laughs> nine in that they didn't come back, but he doesn't expressly say that all of them were Israelites. Doesn't expressly say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, but it is heavily implied. Yeah, because in in eighteen it says, "except this foreigner." Mm-hmm. So. Okay, we're now splitting
0: versus. We're splitting hairs on this, but uh, but but yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, uh, it it could it could leave room for you know six of the other nine uh, being Israelites and three of them also being Samaritans and they didn't come back either. But well,
1: no, well yeah, I guess so. okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, Depending but, on exactly what the Greek. Either way. This term was, yeah.
0: I, I, I see the, the inner workings of this as being Luke tr- uh, uh, reaching that Oliver branch yeah. out to um, the Samaritan nation and saying, you know, members of your own uh, uh, um, have seen this and witnessed this and have become uh, uh, converts uh, without... Yeah. This is not, not not so much just because we're reaching out to you now, but mm-hmm. you've already you're already a part of right. of this story. This, right. this you're you're important to the life of
1: Jesus and his teachings and his miracles. Yeah, and I as you were talking, I was listening carefully, but I was able to look up and this. You really don't have to really. <laughs> count to ten and start listening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a good rule of thumb.
1: But it, this this story only occurs in Luke. Okay, there are okay. other leper healings and other gospels, sure. but this particular construct of the Samaritan only in Luke. Yeah, um, and obviously it connects well with the um, fictional example of the story of the Good Samaritan that Jesus
0: tells only in Luke. Right. Now I find myself putting myself in in one of their shoes, uh, um, both of their shoes, but one person's shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I kind of get why you might not go back. I mean, yeah. Le, lepers are, um, oftentimes, uh, leprosy colonies, are, it's not like you were born into a leprosy colony. Right. You would develop leprosy and then go to the colony. Well,
1: uh, yeah, they didn't have colonies, but yeah.
0: But yeah, you would go with other... You would join you would the community shunned. of yes.
1: lepers who were shunned. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and so the implication being that if they were healed, they they have... Families that they, right. they have, have not visited. To go. Yeah, uh, and it's it, that—that's one level of the the gospel that might one might find a little uncomfortable. Is like, like, am I being chastised for going back and seeing people who I haven't seen in years? Yeah. And 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 you know, yeah, I forgot to go back and thank the guy, but like, I'm healed. Like, right. well, holy crap, I'm healed. Like. I gotta go tell my wife. Well, and the other,
1: and and the other, an, an additional piece to what you say is they did what Jesus told them to do. Yeah, you know they they, they followed the letter of the instruction and went and sold them sold
0: showed right.
1: themselves, um, which then was a step of being ritually clean. So that means they got to go to church again, right? right? They got to worship in the temple or synagogue again. So yeah, you know, they they. They took the proper spiritual steps that -hmm. they were aware of. Mm -hmm. And so part of this is the Samaritan was so open to God's leading that he or she did not simply do what Jesus said and didn't simply do what they'd always been told you do when you're healed, but instead stopped and was, okay, God, what should I do? Oh, I should go back to that guy. Okay. Okay. So that's that's part of the lesson for us as Christians today is don't just do what Jesus told someone to do in the gospel mm-hmm. or what your parents told you to do as you were growing up. Stop and listen to the Holy Spirit and see how it is you're to encounter Christ today. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is to go back and, and thank Christ, even though you'd rather go to your family or go back see if you can get your old job back or whatever right. what it is these lepers wanted to do.
0: Right. I think uh, I think the the message of uh, don't forget to thank God for all that you're given is mm-hmm. not a bad. It's uh, a great one. Great <laughs> not, not, a, not a bad bad point, but uh, but yeah. Uh, anything else from this reading?
1: Well, one just one thing is the term leprosy in the scriptures refers to a wide range of different diseases. Mm. So it's not just our modern leprosy, right? Um, and so we really don't know exactly how severely ill these folks were. It, I've heard or read things of, and psoriasis, all sorts of different skin diseases, um, and other conditions as well sure. that were identified by the communities making someone ritually unclean.
0: Right? Yeah, I have a feeling I, to throw a little shade towards uh, t- towards our our our. Um, human brethren from the past. Uh, I have a feeling that it's not exactly like we were doctors were going to stick around and like yeah. fully diagnose. Like, nope, that's uh, that's gross. Go. <laughs> could be contagious. Could not. I, doesn't matter. <laughs> Move it along. Yep. yep, you go over here. <laughs> um, uh, as one would yeah. kind of expect, especially leprosy is contagi- Like, you can contract it. So. <laughs> Go away. Yeah.
1: Well, and the other thing is that if if we take the modern leprosy out of our our mental equation as to what this was, it could be conditions. It could be referring to conditions that people were easily healed with just by giving time. That mm. uh, acne or something like that. Yeah. That people nowadays, well, okay, I'll um, wait a couple of years and I'll be clean again. So. Even what the healing was is open to our interpretation by these folks who participated in it, who Mm -hmm. received it. Mm -hmm. Okay, this sped up what was going to happen, quote-unquote, naturally. Gotcha. Or this Jesus guy sped up the way God was in the process of healing me. So it's not a huge deal. And so, again, Mm -hmm. the Samaritan having a deeper insight as to the meaning of this is hugely significant. The outsider saw God in a way that the people who... We're supposed to be thoroughly immersed in the spirituality and practices of the one true God. Totally overlooked.
0: Yep, yeah, I gotcha. Well, very good. I think with that, we shall conclude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I
1: should go wash my hands now. But...
0: <laughs> my skin con- is leprosy. Talk. My skin condition's gonna clear up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, this is your podcast, uh, for, uh, October 13th, 2019. We look forward to you, uh, uh, hopefully joining us at either eight or 10. Uh, and, uh, uh Bruce, you, uh, you, you, won't have, uh, leprosy. You won't ha- hopefully have contracted leprosy between now and then, or, oh, the great irony. <laughs> um, but, uh, but. What's definitely, <laughs> definitely <laughs> join us to see if God smites him. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, like I said, uh, uh, um, eight and ten Sunday, eight and ten, and Love I'm to see I'm you. having trouble coming back to it now. Uh, but uh, You're welcome. looking looking forward to, <laughs> looking forward to worship with you all, and uh, we'll we'll uh, speak with you next time. In between then and now, I'm Ben, and I'm Bruce, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.